0: Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Time travel stories have a tendency to be big, right? I'm thinking about that Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet, or even those Outlander books where the main character gets sent back to the 18th century. Today's book, This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub, deals with time travel in a smaller, more intimate way. The main character gets sent back to the age of 16. And Straub and NPR's Mary Louise Kelly have this really sweet interview about using the opportunity to just cherish some of the smaller joys in life, like watching
1: Jeopardy with your dad. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu.
0: If you could be your 16-year-old self all over again, what would you change? That question is at the heart of Emma Straub's new novel, This Time Tomorrow, in which the central character, Alice, is turning 40. But when she wakes up in the morning after what we can fairly call a big birthday bender in a bar, she is not 40. She is 16. She is somehow back in her teenage bedroom in her teenage body, And everyone around her, including her beloved dad, is young again, too. Emma Straub, hey there. Hi,
2: thanks for having me.
0: Okay, I wanna start with Alice. As I mentioned, she's turning 40. Um, but she still lives in the same apartment she had since she was 25. She is still in the same starter job working at the school that she went to when she was a kid. Um, she's dating a guy she's not really in love with, and it's not clear she's going to do anything about that. Is it? <laughs> is it? Is it fair to say Alice is stuck?
2: Yeah, you know, Alice, Alice is definitely stuck. She's in a holding pattern, and she's not quite sure how to shake out of it. Although I I will also say that she's not miserable. You know, it's not that she's made horrible life choices. It's more that she hasn't really made any life choices. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Um, So you bring in about the most dramatic way possible to shake things up for her, time travel. (laughs) (laughs) And I I thought one of the really fun things about this book was I was trying to figure out what kind of time travel are we dealing with here? Is this going to be like Groundhog Day? Is this like back to the future? Give without, you know, giving anything away, just give us a little bit of a sense of what happens.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> that, you know, that was one of the really fun things about writing this book was having that sort of conversation with myself. Uh-huh. Uh what kind of time travel is going on here? What are the rules? And then also having Alice go through that, because Alice and I are the same age, and we both uh, grew up on, uh, I would say, a steady diet of time travel. You know, um, the 80s and early 90s were rich with time travel narratives. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this in twenty twenty, when, of course, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't really walk down the street. i couldn't I couldn't leave my house, um, and I couldn't abandon my um small children or my current life. Uh, and all I wanted to do was this. All I wanted to do was have access to the places that i love the most which are the the like <laughs> the you know diners and hot dog restaurants of my youth on the upper west side well,
0: and I love that. I hadn't thought about writing a time travel story during the pandemic when yeah. <laughs> when we, we all were desperate to travel to another point in time. Um, and I'm picturing you now, you know, in lockdown, in quarantine with little kids running around saying, mom's going to just disappear. And yes. you had your own portal in a way. You powered up your laptop and you were headed somewhere else. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> um. It feels like we should let people know this is It's a story about time travel. It's also very much a love story um, about the love between a child and their parent. So introduce us to your other main character, Leonard.
2: <laughs> it really is a love story. It's a love story between Alice and her father, Leonard Stern, who in her present day is in a hospital mostly unresponsive and hooked up to a lot of machines huh. and dying. And it might sound strange to say that I've written an autobiographical time travel novel, but <laughs> but it's, um, it's exactly what I've done. Um, like Alice, um, my father is a writer, and he was quite, quite ill uh, while I was writing this. And this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to go somewhere <laughs> where we were both safe and healthy um, and chain-smoking and watching Jeopardy. Like, I wanted to go sit at our kitchen table and just have everything be okay. And so that's what I did. Oh. Did it help? Did it, work? it did. It did. I mean, I cried a lot. <laughs> I cried a lot while writing. Um but i really i enjoyed i enjoyed every minute of it because it felt so real to me and um and my father is okay oh, he's, i'm so glad i
0: was going to ask yeah,
2: yeah he's okay and and writing this book was very much a gift for myself you know as you said it's a portal that i gave myself and so you know it it would have been incredibly meaningful to me regardless. Um, But the fact that my dad then got to read it was pretty pretty wonderful.
0: That's lovely. I do need to ask about one other character, this unchanging eternal character, whatever time moment we're in, the cat, (laughs) Ursula, (laughs) is alive and well. This cat must be, what, at least 25 years old? Unless she too is a time traveler? What is up with Ursula?
2: Um, Ursula is immortal. I, you know, I just, I decide. (laughs) I got several notes from my editor at various points saying, what is going on with this cat?
0: <laughs> I'm with um, your editor.
2: <laughs> but I <laughs> the, the other um you know the other deep <laughs> relationship this is exactly why people come on NPR right to say these kinds of things um mm-hmm. is my beloved cat killer who was 16 died <laughs> while I was writing this book and I wanted her to live forever. Yeah. And so she did. She is. There she is. Ursula, she's ageless. She's immortal. She's perfect. Yeah, you know, if we can't grant the creatures that we love immortality in fiction, then what is the point?
0: I love that. So through the book, killer is still curled up on your chest when you wake up yeah. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> what would you go back and change if you woke up
2: and you could be 16 again? <sighs> um I don't think I would change anything. I think I would just I would really um I would ask more questions and I would soak it all in. I would soak it all in. You know, it's still it still seems just wild to me to think about how young my parents were, how young my grandparents were. You know, just people who um people who I don't have access to in the same way. Or, you know, I don't have access to those versions of them anymore. Um, Yeah, and also, you know, maybe, like, jump off something high just to do it. Um, (laughs) You know, just be a little reckless.
0: Take advantage of that 16-year-old body that's going to spring right back. Yeah, those,
2: like, bouncy
0: bones and things. And it sounds like just to go back and sit at your kitchen table again. The moments that don't stand out when you're living through them because it's every day and you realize it's the every day that's
2: the stuff you're going to miss. Yeah, just the Jeopardy at the kitchen table. Alex Trebek forever. (laughs)
0: We've been speaking with Emma Straub. Her new novel is This Time Tomorrow. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off.